Welcome to the Stay Hot Podcast, 10th Region Weekly, Episode 6. Alongside me is Evan Dennison and the coach of the Harrison County Thoroughbreds, 11-2 record to start the season, and Coach Terrence Brooks. Evan, take over. Coach Brooks, you know, first off, thanks for being here with us tonight. I know it's a uh, Sunday evening, and I think you got a game tomorrow, so... uh, We'll, uh, we'll keep this short for you. It won't be on too long, but we want to, of course, pick your brain and, and let our listeners uh, see what you got to say about the breads. You know, you guys are off to an 11-2 start. Um, solid start for you all. Tell me, you know, kind of here halfway point of the season, you know, what you're what you're thinking about your team and, and where you guys are at right now. Well, first, thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, we're, we're 11-2, and, uh, you know, I, I think I've said this in the uh, – uh, media day before season started. I think where we are right now is, is, is come from, uh, you know, the summer that we had. <clears throat> I feel like we had a really good summer. Kids were committed uh, to playing hard, playing together. Um, and I think some of our kids that we had to depend on this year have grown a lot over the summer. Um, you know, we, 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 our two losses come to come from uh, GRC and, in Marshall County and really, you know, when we sit down as a staff and go back and look at our record, I really feel like we should be 12 and one, you know, the GRC game, we, we, we weren't in at all. Uh, but the Marshall County game, we played without Elijah Harris and, and uh, Caden, Caden Custer. So uh, I think if we had one or both of those kids, we had a good shot of beating Marshall County down there at the trip we took it to Marshall County. So, uh, <clears throat> really proud of our kids where we are right now, how, how hard we're playing. Uh, we've battled the injury bug a little bit with, with those two kids being out, but everybody's back. You know, we've had a, uh, a long rest uh, over the break. Uh, you know, we were supposed to not even play until tomorrow, but we moved our Scott High game from Tuesday night to last Thursday. So, uh, we got a game in before we go this 2A tomorrow and play Boyle County. And uh, glad we did that because we were really rusty uh, Thursday night. And uh, Scott and I came out and they played really well. They took it to us. And I told our kids after the game, we probably should have lost that game. You know, we didn't play very well. Uh, but the third quarter, we picked it up, got the lead, and, and then hung on to win that ball game. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to the 2A here in a minute just to kind of <clears throat> pick your brain on that one, but kind of want to talk some personnel. You know, we, we knew what Caden and, and J.D. Were, were capable of entering this season, two of, I think, you know, your, your all-region type players. But Will Furnish, you know, it really seems like his progression has really come on this year. And I, I look at, you know, just numbers and box scores, but he's really improving his offensive end, and I, I think that's really helped give you guys a boost. What have you seen from him that's really made his progression this season? Well, we'll, we'll put in the work over the summer. Uh, we'll made up his mind uh, after the season last year. He was going to get in the weight room and, and work on his, his core and get stronger. Uh, we made a conscious decision to play him facing the basket more this year than play him with his back to the basket. Uh, <clears throat> and it's allowed him to, 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 uh, make some jump shots, take some jump shots, uh, put the ball on the floor, one or two dribbles and get to the basket uh, when he's facing the basket. And I think, you know, kids today, nobody wants to go down and post up all the time to play with their back to the basket. So I think, you know, us rewarding him with with, with, with that, he's rewarded us with 
being more active. Uh, I think he's probably averaging about 10 and six right now. Uh, I know in, uh, early in the season, he was averaging about 11 or 12 points and six rebounds. So he's kind of uh, had some teams kind of take him away and be more physical with him. And, and when he's out on the floor, uh, you know, trying to deny the ball to him. So he's got to work harder on, on getting himself open, uh, creating space. Uh, you know, when he, and he really, you know, he's a kid that he's a smart player. You know, he's, he's a good decision maker. He makes good passes. Uh, he can handle the ball two or three dribbles. You know, he, he you, you don't want to put a, a, a 16 kid in a situation where he's initiating the offense and, and doing a lot of ball handling, but, you know, you give him two or three dribbles, he's smart enough to escape dribble and, and, and get the ball where it needs to go. So uh, we're looking for him to build on his success the first after the first 13 games and, and be more of a force, uh, you know, finishing up our season. And, you know, the key for you all, I think going into the year as well, was four through seven, what you were going to get from those guys. You know, you had Mason Smiley, who I believe was a returning starter. And then after that, it was it was kind of unknown. I know Garrett Wilson got some sparing time last year. Same with Elijah Harris. And looks like Cason Wright's, you know, filling in too. But, you know, those those four guys, you know, how much how much have they kind of really bought into their to their role and really helped kind of push you guys, you know, to the top of this region as, as one of the top, you know, three or four teams in this in this region? I think I think all the kids have bought in. Uh, it's just a matter of getting those kids experience and gaining some confidence. Uh, Mason started last year, um, and he's very confident in what we want him to do. We want him, you know, offensively spot up, shoot the ball, put the ball on the floor, get downhill and score, and be that good defender on the perimeter. Um, Elijah didn't have a lot of experience last year. You know, and so he's thrusting, thrown in that starting role now, that point guard position. And so we need him to be a little more confident, scoring, looking to score. He, he's very unselfish, probably passed too much, you know, uh, gets himself in trouble trying to force the ball to people when he probably should score the basketball. Uh, and then Garrett and Casey, Garrett played more than probably any of those kids last year off the bench. Uh, and I think with both of those kids, just confidence. You know, Garrett has played well down there in Marshall County. He played really well. Kaysen played really well, uh, especially after Caden went down after our first game down there. Those kids, we, we, they had no choice. You know, so uh, we've got to get those kids to be more consistent. You know, they have, they have to bring it every night, it, if it, even if it's they play for one minute or two minutes or they play 30 minutes. They have to be consistent. And, and, and play their role on our team. And then we have another kid, DeMond Lyons. Uh, he, he played strictly JV last year, so he's another junior uh, that we're trying to get acclimated to varsity basketball because he can be that good defender for us. He's a good spot-up shooter, and, he, and he, he doesn't have a problem getting down here. Marshall County, what was that like? You know, I, I, um, I've i never been that way. I've, I used to work out west in Madisonville, but never did make it really over into the first region too often. But – is that um, field? Is it like a field house type? Is it similar to maybe the Mason County field house as big, or what was that experience kind of like? It's a good experience. I mean, gym. It's not. It's not as big as Mason County, but it's a nice gym. Uh, very nice facility, well kept. Uh, uh, you know, and and those their team, those teams play off their tradition. You know, they're usually very strong. They're usually in the hunt every year in the first region, and. Uh, 
you know, again, we played played Marshall County shorthanded, and you know, they they have some seniors that led that team, and uh, you know, they they made plays. You know, we 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 played early that morning, played a team from Tennessee early that morning, um, and and beat them. And then, like I said, Caden got hurt probably about three or four minutes doing that game, and uh, had to come back that night and play Marshall County. And uh, you know, we. I knew, you know, we, we rode the bus down there and tried to play two games, and probably the Marshall County game was a tougher game of the two, and and uh, you know they were they were ready, you know, and we weren't, um, you know, wish we had another opportunity to play them with full strength and, and see what happened, but uh, you know it is what it is, you know, we, we had to move on and 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 take care of business with with the teams that are in front of us now. Allowing 50 points a game, that's solid. You know, any any varsity team where you can allow the opponent to go 50 and under, you're going to win a lot of ball games. Uh, you know, assuming you got enough offensive firepower to, to to pull out those wins. But you know, I always I always look back to your Paris teams and you know your teams now where you guys are so sound defensively. And in this day and age, that's not easy to teach. You know, with with kids and, and how offensive minded they are these days and wanting to be Steph Curry or whoever else out there and, and fall in love with the three and just, you know, play up tempo and whatnot. How, how do you really get them to, to kind of buy into to what you want to do to, to be a successful basketball team? I, you know, I, I try to give them freedom offensively. You know, we, we, we put in some plays and we try not to uh, run certain or all of our plays just for certain people. We try to get everybody involved. Uh, I think, you know, in today's, like you said, today's world, uh, you have to get kids to buy in. And, you know, if you're just uh, uh, running every play for certain kids, then you, you're going to have kids that are not going to buy in and you're going to struggle. Uh, but the defense, there's no negotiation about that. I don't care who it is. Uh, you're going to play defense and you're not going to play. And and that's kind of uh, held back our, our growth from, from some of our kids on the bench right now, coming off the bench right now, is they haven't been committed defensively like we need them to be. It's not so much that they we're, we're running anything that is uh, exotic where they can't pick it up. It's just get out and guard your man, you know. Don't let your man beat you to the basket, block out. You know, those, those simple fundamental things. And uh, if kids don't buy in, then they don't play. And, you know, our, our bench – is is we, we only dress eleven kids on the varsity, and so when we don't play those two, those three or four kids off the bench, then you know our five starters are are logging a lot of minutes, and, and we're playing every Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. So we have to get our our our, our role players and our kids off on the bench to buy in, and and, and they usually do. You know, there, there's games where they don't play as much as they want to, and, and things like that, and. You know, they, they pout around about it. And we, we confront that and, and, and we move on, you know, and they understand that it's never personal. You know, this team, our, our team needs them just just like we need our, our five starters, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I, think, I think it's not so much the kids, it's more the parents. You know, kid, kids will buy in and do whatever the, the coach is asking them to do. It's when they go home and, and – and, you know, the parents are questioning them about, well, why didn't you get to play? I can't believe you, you know, that stuff. And they, they kind of buy in. They, they start listening to that or they start listening to their friends. And, 
well, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to play next year. I don't think I'm, you know, I'm going to quit or whatever. You know, it's just it's, there, there's just too much coddling kids today. And and you guys have been around it as long as I have and, and probably maybe longer. But, you know, when, when if you want to win championships, everybody has to buy in. And everybody can't play at the same time and everybody can't play the same amount of minutes. You know, and, and because, you know, I, I tell our guys all the time, you know, Caden Custer is Caden Custer. There's not anybody else on that team that's Caden Custer. There's not anybody else on that team that's J.D. Kidman. You know, everybody has a certain role on the team and bring certain things to our team. And, you know, if you don't know what your role is, that's a problem. And so we try to identify that with them, you know, sit down and talk to them. Sometimes they like to hear that. Sometimes they don't like to hear it. But I think it is fair to have that conversation up front rather than never have that conversation. And then all season long, you're like pulling your hair out because this one kid won't do what you need him to do. So everybody on our team, I mean, they, they'll tell you, every kid will tell you that I sit them down one-on-one and tell them, this is what I need from you. If you can't, if you can't bring this, then you're probably not going to get to play. And they, they usually understand it and they try to bring what they, uh, what we ask them and, Again, like I said, offensively, I really don't care who shoots the ball. As long as they're taking good shots, but then what we're trying to do offensively, I really don't care who shoots the ball. Uh, but defense, like I said, there's no negotiation with defense. Caden and JD, you know, how, how how good have those two been for you this year? And who who is who is the leader out of the group? Do those two kind of take it on head on? Or, you know, how, how does that kind of work out? You know, Caden. Is Caden. Caden, uh, the one thing I like about him, he can take over a game at any time. Uh, he probably can score 30 points a game. Caden's very unselfish. He wants to get his teammates involved. He loves to win, you know, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, JD is a uh, big man nightmare. JD can play out on the floor. JD can guard one through five if we need him to, and JD can score anywhere on the floor. The, the, the thing that I need JD to do, and we talk about this all the time, is be hungrier. I, I want him to be hungrier. I think he can bring so much more to the table. And again, I think it's not that he didn't want to. I think it's just where he's very unselfish, you know? And and uh, that that's probably the the, the one thing that, that probably is a, is a negative about our team is we don't have uh, that true leader on our team. You know, that, that kid that when, when – and we just talked about this tonight. We just got finished with practice, getting ready for bull County tomorrow and watch the film, and we did chalk talk. And, you know, we I, I gave this example about, you know, when, when, the, when, we're, when we're dealing with adversity and the wheels start to fall off, we don't have a kid on our team that will go grab the other four and say, hey, Let's go. Get get yourself together. Let's go. You know, we, we kind of watch the wheels continue to fall off, you know, and, and, and that Clark County game, you know, I go back to that. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But if we handle the ball like we're supposed to handle the ball and we got open shots against them, if we shoot the ball with confidence, you know, because I've seen them play two or three times and I've seen other teams make shots against them and they're a whole different team when you're making shots against them then if you're turning the ball over or they're able to get a rebound and take off running, they're a whole different team. But if you can score with them 
and make them sit down and guard, you you have a shot. You have a shot to beat them. The two A, you know, is this your second year? You guys are in this, or was it? Is it the third now? Third, third year. Third year. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, it, it, it it's a neat tournament. I think. Um, I just I maybe would like to maybe see it pick up some more steam. I know. It just seems like each year you don't really know who's playing in it. I know you guys kind of switched sections this year. You used to be in the one with Mason County. Now you're with Boyle County, and it happens to be Lexcath as well this year. So, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it, it, I think it's cool to have a, a midseason tournament like this to play for something, but I just I, I always like picking each coach's brains and just kind of seeing, you know, what their thoughts are on, on the two-way. I, I agree. I, I think it needs to pick up some steam if they're going to have it. Uh, you know, a coach coming from the All A, it, it it doesn't even compare to the All A. Right. I mean, right. All A, everybody's excited about the All A, uh, the region, the state, everybody's excited. It seems like the Two A, you can pick and choose if you want to play this year, or you don't want to play this year. And like my first year in Harrison County, you know, it was us and Mason County and Pelham County and Bourbon County, and then the next year. Mason and Pelman get out, and then this year, I guess they assumed that they were out, and then, you know, we, I get a phone call, and we're, we're combining sections with Lexington Catholic and, and Boyle County or whoever, Mercer County, and and then, you know, I hear last week that Mason County played Royal, around County. I'm like, how do they get out of this section and get in another, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, to me, it's just it, – it's never going to pick up steam if, ever, if if you're able to get out, not play when you want, don't want to, and jump in another section. It's never going to pick up any steam, and to me, it's not going to mean anything to anybody, you know. And going back to my uh, Paris days with the Class A and this, I just wish, you know, and I, I know that they, they say it's all about the money at the end of the season, but. You take the class A schools, and, and I've experienced also on the boys and girls side, you know, and now with the 2A, when you uh, are playing in a mid-season tournament, be it regional, and you win the region and go to the state, and Coach Kelsey speak to this, you know, you, it, you as a coach, you have to get your kids up for that. And, it, and don't get me wrong, it's exciting to go play in the state tournament. But if you don't do well, now you got to come back and, and get them excited about finishing the season. And I don't understand if, if you can have a single-A tournament and a double-A tournament, why aren't we playing sections at, or, or those tournaments at the end of the season and all your single-A teams are playing for a state tournament, your double-A teams are playing for – you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just don't understand why it's okay to have it mid-season, but it's not okay to have it at the end of the season. Yeah, and I I, I completely understand that because it's it, it's got to be a mental thing too, you know, especially with the all a you're very familiar with it like you said and i was going to get at that next and compare it maybe to the two way where it's as of right now not comparable but that all a run you guys had you know when you won it all um just just maybe reliving it a little bit what what did you take most from that in terms of just the accomplishment for the team the school the community and how how much does that kind of you know, still weigh on you and and how 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 you guys were able to accomplish that. It's funny you ask that because uh, you know I, I for like Friday night and, and yesterday I hung out over at Paris and watched some of those games. 
and uh, Brian Davis, one of the kids that's on the team, he was yeah. over there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we sat and talked and we reminisced and, uh, you know, we, we it, it went all the way back to we played it that year. We played up at Lexington Catholic in that Christmas tournament. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you play in a, in a tournament, in a Christmas tournament, you got to practice on Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas and kids are committed, parents, you know, not committed and parents don't. Well, we, we're trying to do this and do that. And and uh, we have five kids show up and practice, you know, the day before we were going to Lexington Gallup to play. So those five kids that showed up, or the five that started. And every couple of kids that didn't show up for practice, they were starters. And, uh, you know, we went up there and we made that little run. And I think that really turned our season around because there was uh, accountability with everybody on that team. Because two of the kids that, that – Started up there were kids that very got didn't get to play very much off the bench, and uh, so you know we, we had a good run up, up there. Uh, our kids, you know, held each other accountable about while we're in your practice, you know, and, and 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 things like that. And that team just like like I said about our Harrison County team, even Jacoby was probably the leader of that team, but. Anybody would, on that team will grab somebody by the jersey and say, hey, let's go. You're not playing well. You're not doing your job. Let's go. And and so after that, after, you know, the Lexington Gallic tournament and, uh, you know, we had to get ready for the Class A. And, you know, we felt we felt really good about our chances, you know, but you never know, you know. And, you know, we won that won that regional and, uh, you know, won the, won the – uh, draw came out to see who we played uh in the state uh you know ivan rice he he, he stirs the pot so much you know and so <laughs> no way you had, big, you, you had the 16 teams on there and, you know he puts a big article in the paper and, and he has us like eight out of the 16 teams and uh you know we were playing elliott county it was supposed to be elliott county first game and uh he's you know he man no way y'all can beat them man they they can play you know and so me and my staff, we drive to Elliott County and go watch them play uh, West Carter. And I mean, I'm looking at those kids. I'm like, they only had five players. They, I mean, they had a bench, but they, nobody on that bench got to play. But they had five legit players. And, you know, we showed them film. We, we did a scout report, talked about them, and said, if you want to you win, you, you got to beat this team. And, you know, we, uh, we got out and guarded. You know, the one thing I, I will say about it, I thought our defense, I, I didn't think those kids, they could play, don't get me wrong, but I didn't think they played anybody that would play defense, guard them like we were going to guard them. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we won that first game, and they got excited. Before we went, they were like, we're going to spend the night. I was like, you win this first game, we'll spend the night. But we don't, we're not, we're not, we're not going down here just for to hang out at the hotel. And so they, they were excited, you know, and some kids, you know, don't get opportunity to spend the night at the hotel and go out of town and stuff. So they were excited just to go somewhere and spend the night. And uh, we won that game. So the next day we packed, packed bags. And I told her, I said, pack your bags for the whole week, rest of the week. They looked at me and like, they were like, what do you mean? I was like, we plan on staying the rest of the week, winning the rest of the week. And, and uh, you know, we went over to Franklin County and Coach Wise let us practice. And uh, we're going over LCA against, uh, not LCA, uh, Owensboro Catholic. And, uh, you know, he, 
he told me he watched us and he, he tells me, man, your kids are locked in, they're focused. And, uh, you know, when you get on a run like that and, and play good teams, uh, you know, just we gain confidence, you know, and our kids, it, it didn't make a difference. With that, with that group of kids, it didn't make a difference who scored. They just wanted to win. They just wanted to play hard and win and play together. And, you know, we got on, got on the run. We beat, you know, beat on Burke Alley. Then you, you know, then you turn around, you got LCA, you know, and they're big and they're physical. And uh, That was an LCA yeah. team with two D1 players. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. Kyle Road and Carter Hendrickson. Those kids can play. Yeah. And, you know, but I, I just felt like that, that our kids were going to get out and guard. You know, and they were big. You know, and and, and one thing we did, and one thing I appreciate our team that that team was, we had to control the defensive backboard. You know, when they missed, you cannot give them second shots. And you know, we we did that. This Sanford, he came up to me after the game. He's like, he said, "Man, y'all killed us on the boards." And they had a stat sheet. You know, I didn't even see it, and we did. We we killed them on the boards. And, and so then you turn around, you got Newport Central Catholic in the championship. And the one thing that I told our kids about Newport Central Catholic. Uh, they were, they were uh, almost mocking our kids. You know, they were almost laughing at, laughing at our kids, like they didn't think our kids could beat them. And uh, kids really didn't didn't understand what I was saying. And but I saw that for myself. And and so the day of the championship game, when they announced everybody and line them up across the gym floor, I told our kids, I said, when when you line up, you stare them in their eyes mm-hmm. and watch. And they they were smirking. They they were down there smirking, and so that just fired them up even more, you know. And and they may not they may have been smirking about something else, but we took that personally as they thought that they were going to run us off that court. And, and our kids just came out with a, with a mission and, and uh, never looked back. So um, just a great group of kids, uh, you know. And, and I, I again tonight talking to our, our my team from Harrison County. Talk to them about that group of kids. You know, they 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 knew that they were. It was David versus Goliath, and they weren't afraid. You know, and you can't be afraid if, if you want those type of moments. Yeah, you guys really ran the gauntlet because I, I, if I recall, three of those teams ended up making it to Rupp. I, I believe Elliott County did that year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I could I could be wrong. Owensboro Catholic, and then I want to say that Newcastle team had Drew McDonald. Right? Wasn't he their yeah, star? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that, I think I'm pretty sure that's three three of the teams that ended up making it the rope. So that was a heck of a run. And that LCA team, I mean, it's it's really hard to get out of that 11th region. And I think they were, you know, right in the mix and, and just missed out on that. So that's a, that's a real neat story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's 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 really cool stuff. Hey, hey Evan, I think um, I put in a petition to start calling the LA the Terrence Brooks Invitational Tournament because on the girls' side, he won like seven straight. Right, right. Then he dominated the boys' side. And. So I think we're just going to start calling it the Terrence Brooks Invitation. <laughs> name it, name in the MVP after him or something. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I, like I mean, that. I was I was on the girls' side when he was running the gauntlet every year, mm-hmm. and then happened to have to deal with him on the boys' side too. But uh, Coach Brooks said something a while ago that really hit home with me, and I think uh, I had a conversation with him about this a long time ago. A lot of people don't realize that Coach Brooks took me under his wing way back in. 2008, 9, 10 area when I was with Bracken County. And I remember the first year we went to the all a state and he came and supported us and never forgotten that. But, you know, the one thing about get, you know, I have coaches talk to me all the time about, 
no, everybody won't buy in. Everybody won't play defense. And what he just said was something I learned a long time ago that I'm still learning. If you get everybody involved on offense, they feel compelled to play defense because they know they're going to get a chance on the offensive end. And I went through stretches to where, you know, when I was young, I found whoever my best player was or best athlete, and I'd say eight out of ten sets were for that person. Then I got people coming out, and I'm like, you're not playing defense. You're not doing anything on the defensive end. I can't play you. Well, I'm never getting the ball on the offensive end. I don't want to play defense if I ain't getting a chance on the offensive end. And what he just said is right. If you, know, if you run that freestyle offense to where you don't care who shoots it as long as it's a good shot, then all five are going to want to play defense. And that was a good tidbit there from Coach Brooks because I don't think a lot of coaches realize that now. And it's not that hard to do, but you watch a lot of coaches and you'll see that 95% of the sets are run for the same person. Absolutely. Yep. I think that's uh, that's all I got. We kind of held him almost 30 minutes here on air, so I don't want to I don't want to waste too much more of his time. I know he's got a big one tomorrow night at, against Boyle County. Yeah, Coach Brooks. Good luck tomorrow against Boyle County. I saw where you got to go to Western Hills to do that. So uh, tell Coach Cody congratulations. He's the all-time winningest coach in Western Hills history. I saw this week. I saw that too. Yeah, a good guy. I really enjoy when I coached against him. Hey, I'm, I'm happy we avoided any Steelers talk, so uh, I'm good with that. We can end now. <laughs> Y'all don't want to have that talk right now. <laughs> no, don't start that. Don't start that, folks. See, Evan got it started. I wasn't going to say a word. Evan got on that, but uh, <laughs> I'll let all of our listeners get on you about being a Steelers fan because I'm sure most of the people listening to this are Bengals fans. So That's all right. Every, every dog has their day. Well, the Bengals have had it for two straight years, so I hope it goes five straight. But all all those years the Bengals struggled to make the playoffs, we deserve two straight. So, well, Coach, good luck tomorrow. Thank you for your time tonight. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, okay. sir. All right, Evan, that, with all the 2A talk there with Coach Brooks, that kind of, you know, Mason County went on to win the 2A uh, this week. I think they went down to uh, – where do they play? They went down to – that was a green County, County. Yeah. and they just beat Estill County, I think, 78-58 to win the 2A. So they're making their trip back to Owensboro for the second straight year. But um, I don't think there was ever any doubt in that section who the favorite was. And I think Mason County did a good job of taking care of business and winning that. But um, I think um, Mason County, you know, I look today and, you know, they've got the best record in the 10th. Their RPI is the best in the 10th. Um, but they're starting to get some play from the bench. And I mean, Carter McClanahan scored 15 in the finals yesterday. And I know he scored 17 sometime last week. If they continue to get offensive production from him off the bench, that's going to make them – I didn't think they could be much better. But I think yeah. it's going to make them a lot better when they can go to the bench and get offensive production from those guys. Yeah, I think Carter's breakout game was against Lyon County at the final game of the uh, Lexington Catholic tournament where he scored – 15, 17, whatever it was in that double overtime loss. But, you know, without him in that position, I don't think they get to that point. And, again, I, I was reading or just looking at what, you know, Travis Skaggs had said, the WFTM um, sports director there. And, you know, he he covers every Mason County game. And he said the in the Estill County game, it, it was the bench that really gave him the spark. And I in whatever it was, like the second or third quarter between him and, and Connor Butler and, a couple of those other guys like Cole Horsch and Grant Owens, like just normal energy guys on the bench that that came in and, and contributed and and gave them good minutes. And honestly, the their toughest game was was Fleming County. You know, a team that they had 
you know, handled pretty easily earlier in the season, beat them 92-63 on December 10th. And then, uh, you know, come January 5th this week on on Thursday or whatever that was, it was a close game. I mean, I, I believe Fleming was up at half and, you know, Mason went on a big run in the third to take to take the lead and Fleming got within a possession or two there in the fourth to make things interesting. And they did that without their point guard, Lucas Jolly. So I was going to say, and that was without Lucas Jolly, who's a very big part of their offensive game plan. Yeah, and, you know, credit to Buddy Biggs and his staff for, you know, putting a good game plan together to keep that one tight and, and give Mason County a challenge. And, you know, now the Royals, it looks like, you know, they got Campbell County on the road on, uh, on looks like Tuesday, I believe. Um, so that'll be a good test for them going to uh, Owensboro this upcoming weekend, where I believe they open up with McGoffin County, who beat Pike County Central in their final. Right, and I, um, I was going to say McGoffin County, um, but I wasn't 100% sure. I knew they uh, beat um, Pike County Central, who has former 10th region guard Jalen Rigdon, and I was yep. kind of pulling for them because I wanted them in Mason County to get that first-round game. I thought that had been a cool story, but uh, yeah, for sure. hats off to McGoffin County. I think that was kind of unexpected from them. I don't think they were favored to beat Pike County Central, were they? Yeah, you got me. Once it gets to the 13th through 15th region, man, I, I can't really tell you too much over on that side. <laughs> well, I'm pulling McGoffin up here because now I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, Pike County Central has a 59 RPI. McGoffin had a 55. So fair, I'd say fairly close game, fairly competitive. So yeah. um, not note, truly a big also, upset. Of note also in that Mason County, Campbell County game, um, Eric Russell was – he tied uh, – Ellie Wollum with um, 271 wins as a Campbell head coach. So his next win, he'll be the all-time winningest coach at Campbell County. And, you know, Eric Russell, we've, we've talked about him numerous times on here. His track record speaks for itself. And that's just another accomplishment that's that's going to really put him up there as, as one of the best to do it here in this 10th region and across the state. So, uh, you know, he's going to do it, you know, at some point here soon. Mason County obviously will be a tough matchup. I think that's your, your two of your top three or four teams in the region, which will be a great game. And um, they've also got Lloyd Memorial, it looks, on Thursday, Harrison County on Friday. So they've got a tough week, Campbell County does. So, But, you know, be on the lookout for that, for Eric Russell, his next win, and he's the Campbell's all-time winning as coach. Well, congrats to Coach Russell. I wasn't aware of that. I think I, now that you mentioned it, I think I um, read where he did tie the record at Campbell County, but I had I'd forgotten it. So congratulations to Coach Russell. But um, you know, as good as coach as he is, he's an even even better person from all the times that I've talked with him and spoke with him. And so when you're dealing with people like that, you know, they deserve the success that they've earned. And Coach Russell's no different. But um yeah, so good luck to Mason County in the two A. I'm not for sure when that'll be played. This um, weekend. It's this weekend. Yeah, I believe they start either Thursday or Friday night. I'm not 100% sure, but their side of the bracket is is opposite of where Lexcath and DeSales are, who I think are the other two strongest teams in it. So I would expect a semifinal for them. And then if Mason wins, I believe they play like the McCreary Central, and I couldn't even tell you who the uh, who the other team is. Let me try and see if I can't get the bracket. Do you – um? Do you know if those games are streamed anywhere? I think Prep's been carrying the whole tournament. Okay, cool. Yeah. So those of you that have Prep Prep Spin or a subscription or want to watch, you can do so through Prep Spin. All right, here you go. So it'll be Franklin Simpson versus the Section Five winner, which will be either Lexcath, Harrison, Harrison, 
Um, okay. The sales Callaway, and that's the top half of the bracket. And then the bottom is McCreary Central and Taylor County and Mason County and McGolfin County. So I, I, I would expect the Royals to get to the final there, and then that would create a, a top 10, top 15 matchup if they were to match up with Lex Kath. And don't don't sleep on the sales. They're a really good team out of, uh, out of, uh, out of Louisville. Well, um, I'm probably going to stream some of that because I'm interested to see um definitely if mace county makes the semis and finals i'll definitely stream those because i want to see that matchup but uh um now let's move to the all a the all a's in full swing um friday night they started uh paris beat augusta i think 65 62 um as you put on twitter you got me on that one um <laughs> i appreciate you calling me out for everybody to see absolutely um, but um you seem to get me more times than not when we pick those head-to-head games. And, and I honestly, you know, some people think I may have picked with my heart, but that, that wasn't the case. I really felt like Augusta, you know, had some matchups that I thought favored them and the experience. And I really thought, you know, they'd win that game. But hats off to Coach Ransom and his Greyhounds. I mean, they're really picking it up. And um, definitely a much improved team from last season. And Coach Ransom – very energetic on the sidelines, and I think he's going to uh, – Paris is going to continue to improve to where they're uh, they're back in the hunt again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're um, – it was a uh, game of runs, it looked like. You know, Paris had built an early lead, to my knowledge. Um, they led by as much as 11 in the second quarter. Augusta got within three at the half. Then the Panthers used a, a 15-2 run to take a five point lead into the fourth. And then, you know, like you said, credit Paris to stay in poised. And it looks like Malachi Ashford hit six free throws in the final minute down the stretch to seal the deal. And it looks like uh, LJ Connor had a shot from, I don't know, it was probably 35, 40 feet to tie it at at the end of regulation and, uh, you know, just missed there. So a a really good game. And I, I think that was the theme of the first round, you know, three of the four games were all settled by, um, either, you know, an, an overtime game or uh, in case of the Calvary Christian and St. Patrick game was a, a four-point game. So three of those four games were decided by five points or less, and you really can't ask for much more than that. Well, and no, not for uh, – it makes for a very competitive tournament and shows that there's a lot of parity in the uh, the 10th region all A. I still feel like Bracken County is the favorite, but um, they're going to get a much uh, improved, energetic – athletic Paris team and I'm curious to see the result there but Paris has a roster that's kind of built for even next year their two best players return in Jakari Ransom and uh, Malachi Ashford and um, I feel like Jakari Ransom's been around for a really really long time he's only a junior so um, but I know how it is at all A schools you know he hit uh, 10 threes in the game last week I saw that I saw that but he's he's playing really well and I mean that game's going to be in Paris and Tomorrow night, I expect a a very competitive game between them and Bracken County. You know, especially, uh, you know, Caden Reed was in a boot on Saturday. I'm not for sure what the uh, status or diagnosis is on that. Uh, um, obviously, his foot is injured, but um, I'm not so sure if it's going to cause him to miss any significant time or I expect him to be back tomorrow night against Paris. Yeah, honestly, play, he's going to play. Caden's <laughs> a bulldog. He's yeah. not looking for reasons to sit out, and it probably kills him more to sit out than um, – anything so I expect him to give it a go but um that's one semifinal then the other semifinals will be Bishop Brossard and Calvary um Bishop Brossard escaped a very uh hungry 
uh, Nicholas County team on Saturday. I say I went over to scout the two girls games, um, Robertson County first because they're in our district and Nicholas County because they're in our district. And, you know, so I thought the best game of the first round could possibly be Nicholas County and Brossard. I wasn't for sure what the outcome would be, but I thought Nicholas County with their young and hungry and, you know, a good player like Wyatt Clark, they could definitely be in the game. And um, it took a three-pointer from um, Mason Seapate uh, end of regulation to tie it to send it to overtime. It was a tough shot. And, but, uh, you know, want to send out thoughts, prayers to Preston Blake, Nicholas County freshman who suffered a, a gruesome injury and warm-ups. And um, I really felt like uh, Coach Wrights and his team did a really good job of kind of using that as motivation and rallying around him. And um, I felt like they played spirited and energetic the whole game. It was definitely a game to watch, and I was glad I stayed. I learned some new term- terminology. Like, I-, I had no clue a blarge was a thing. <laughs> and I saw um, – It's probably bit. best as an active coach that I not comment on that game and what happened because well, – I'll um, comment on it. You're I know allowed to comment on it. And the I just want to know that the opinions expressed by Evan Denniston are not um, associated with the Stay Hot podcast or Coach Patrick Kelch. Is that like his, <laughs> his Twitter profile that say that? Thoughts and, uh, thoughts and tweets are my own. They do not, ex- yeah. they not express whatever, you know. Um, yeah, just – and I've seen, you know, a charge before where if the player does get the shot off before the charge is whistled – you do count the basket, but I, I've never seen it to where you shoot a free throw afterwards. So, you know, maybe that was an error. Um, you know, luckily, uh, at the end of the day, I don't know if it ended up determining the final outcome because it did get Nicholas County an extra point. Um, but, you know. It also – but it also um, – Fouled out a player. It also fouled out their best player, their best yeah. offensive player. Um, hats off to, um, I think, Jacob Hatton, the eighth grader. Is it is that is Jacob the eighth grader? Peyton Hatton, I believe. Peyton, yeah. He played extremely well, made a lot of tough shots, made a few big threes, hit some free throws. Um the, the part about it I didn't understand was he's the one that shot the free throw. But I want somebody to explain to me, you know, when there's a play that happens and there's contact like that, okay, if the defender is set, it's a charge. And legal guarding position is what the referee will tell you. If he's not, it's a block. How can it be a block charge at the same time? It's either one or the other. Yeah. Um, one referee called it a charge. One referee called it a block. No, they conferred. They came up with that s- solution, whether or not I think it's right or wrong. Um, but I, there's a few things I just didn't understand. I understand, you know, Blarge, I think, needs to be taken out. There's no, I don't think those two things can happen at the exact same time. It's Is either it one or the other. Is it the most 50-50 call in sports? It has to be. But I'm, I'm talking about all sports. Like Yeah, I mean, I can't think I mean, I guess maybe a strike or a ball. I don't know. One I mean, thing I one thing I do wish high school basketball would do, and now that I'm seeing more college and uh college games at Thomas Moore and NKU, I, I I cover them here and there. That restricted area, it helps out so much. So many times in high school you see kids taking charges under the bucket. I'm sorry. You're I'm just telling you. There was about 15 offensive charges called in that game. Well, it's a Brossard game. Of course it is. It wasn't Brossard <laughs> taking all the charges. They probably got the most called against them. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think Lincoln Morris probably took two or three that were solid, legit charges. But yeah. um, I want to congratulate Coach Ben Franzen and Coach John Michael Wrights because if I'd been on the sidelines, 
I probably would have lost my mind. I probably would have been ejected. I'd be paying a hundred dollar fine, sitting three games and probably going through anger management classes because even in the stands as a coach, I'm sitting there wondering how this is happening. One. Okay. You count the basket. He fouls out, but then the Nicholas County coach gets to pick the player he wants to shoot the free throw. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, and that's, I feel like that game, um, Somebody lost control of that game early on and never regained it. And that's as nice as I can be about it. Um, I can't believe what I witnessed. And I'm not saying that Nicholas County got hosed. I'm not saying Brosser got hosed. I'm not saying either team benefited from it because I'm not so sure they did. Um, But it just – and not only that, they conferred for every bit of five to seven minutes. Kids are out there just standing. You know, the momentum, the shift, the flow of the game, it all changed. But – Hats off to the Brosser players as well. Hats off to the Nichols County players for responding without Clark. Clark didn't play for most of the fourth and any of the overtime for fouling out. But um, just, but from a from a fan's perspective, it was a very well played, competitive, hard fought game. And I think that the you know the mission or the vision that Coach Wright saw when he took over Nichols County, the boys are starting to play. I mean, they're physical. They take charges. They're unselfish. Um, they're just – Coach Wrights has done a remarkable job at Nichols County, and it was a shame that either team had to lose it, but uh, Brosser played better in the overtime, you know, and deserved to advance. And they'll face Calvary Christian, I think, on Tuesday in the semifinals for the right to go to the finals to face either Paris or Bracken. Yeah, you know, props to Coach Wrights. You know, I, I hate to see a loss like that for, for anyone. But like you said, someone's got to win and someone's got to lose that game. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, you know, one way or the other and, and officials deciding a game because I don't really believe in that type of stuff. But I believe in them being able to control a basketball game. And once they kind of lose that and can't get their grip on it, that's that's when I think, you know, things start going sideways and whatever not. But you know, we can save that for, for another day, but should well, be wait good- till wait till I'm no longer pacing the sidelines as a coach and you can get my full thoughts and opinions because oh, I'd yeah. be happy to give them to you. But um, I'm sure you've got them. Oh, I, oh you know me. If <laughs> hey, if my if my thoughts were um, if penny for my thoughts, I'd be a millionaire. So we're um, we're, we're predicting a uh, I don't think we're going to really go off script here. We're predicting a Bracken Brossert final. Yeah, and I think that's what we predicted from the start. The only difference was I had Augusta um, beating Paris. And once again, hats off to Coach Ransom because I think he's got those boys playing. And not only playing, but I think those boys are believing that they compete with the – Yeah, I uh, think that's a close game tomorrow night. I really do. And then Thursday night, what's your prediction? Well, I think if Bracken – or Brossard's going to beat Calvary Christian. Yeah, I'm um, saying like if I'm saying we're both picking Bracken versus Brosser. What's your what's uh, your thoughts Thursday night? Um, I honestly, if Bracken's at full strength and they're playing their best, I'm not so sure that uh, Brosser can hang for 32 minutes. Although I really like what Coach Franzen's doing. Those boys play hard. They're they're a different style of Brosser team. Um, you know, they get up and down the floor. They shoot the three ball. Um. I think it was uh, Bezo made a few. That Mason C paid as a lefty is. I mean, his stroke is smooth. I really think uh, Coach Franson does a really good job of rotating his bigs. Um, Schumacher starts, but then number thirty-three. I can't think of his name now. I just it escaped me. But did a really good job of rotating those guys and keeping them out of foul trouble. And um, but Brossard still plays that defense, and they got a really 
really nice point guard and number three, Cruzy, who I thought uh, he plays with a lot of emotion or he did against Nicholas County in a tight game. I saw a lot of emotion from him and, you know, he made some big shots, made some good passes. So I definitely think Brosser can be in the game and make it close. But I think if Bracken's playing their best, they win. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I just think the Polar Bears ball pressure might end up getting to the Mustangs guards and, and turning them over and, you know, in, in big games like this, you know, you, you you look at the best players on the floor and, you know, Blake Reed is – he's different in games like these where, you know, if, if they need if they need a bucket, he's the one going to get it. And uh, I just see him being the one to prevail and, and, and have them being repeat champs in the uh, in the 10th region for the All-A. And no disrespect to uh, Brosser kids or anything like that, but I feel like Caden Reed will be the second best player on the floor that night too. And then, you know, Brossert does have some nice players. I mean, C-Pate, Bezold, and Cruzy is a nice tandem in the, in the backcourt, but yeah, you know, yeah, and Schumacher's a, he's a lot, Schumacher's a load underneath in the paint and yeah, he will done. have a size advantage, but I just, like you said, the ball pressure is going to make it tough for Brossert. Yeah, the key stats to look for, and this is all hypothetical. If he even gets there is, you know, rebounds, who wins the rebounding battle? Cause Brossert will, you know, again, I think have the advantage there, but the turnovers, I just wonder, you know, how much Brossard will be able to handle that ball pressure. Well, and I, you know, when you look at, and I think what's going to prevail is, you know, and I think, you know, I put a tweet out this week about, you know, when did it become normal for, you know, every time a team loses that you act like the sky's falling, the season's over, you want the coach fired, players benched. Um, I don't know when it ever became that way. But, you know, losses early in a season aren't bad. You know, that gives you the opportunity to grow and learn, gives you areas that you can improve on. But, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on the kids every time that they lose a game or the coach loses a game that you go on social media and there's people – you know, just constantly being negative about the team, the coach, the players, it just makes it hard. And the one thing that I think is going to propel Brock, and even though they went through that stretch where they lost four out of five, I think their schedule has tested them for games like this. And when you look at their schedule compared to Paris's schedule, I just feel like, you know, Bracken's played a lot tougher schedule. And I think that's really going to help them, if, you know, if this situation's tight and, the game's closed down the stretch. I think they're going to be able to look back to some of those games where they played tough competition and just be able to find something deep down to kind of prevail them across the line. Yeah, should be fun uh, down there in Paris. It's definitely going to be fun. And if it wasn't a school night, I'd probably make that trip to Paris to watch. But I think I'll, I'll probably try to stream it if all possible. Yeah, we'll have coverage on uh, on Thursday, assuming Rossert makes the championship and, and both the boys and the girls will – we're going to have someone covered. I don't know if it'll be myself or, um, you know, one of my contributors, but go to linknky.com Thursday night for coverage. Are you going to stream it or just? Nah, oh. I, don't, I don't do streaming. Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to give a shout out for those that wanted to watch. And Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I mean, if you're following me, you know, I always tweet out highlights and videos of the game and keep you rather in-depth all the way from – the start to the finish, but I just I don't know if I'll personally be there myself yet. Well, I I will say this: you do a remarkable job of uh, if people follow you on Twitter. All you got to do is I mean I don't know how many times I've just read your tweets from start of the game to end and felt like I've been there. So um, for those people at home, 
that aren't that may have an interest that aren't really for sure of how to follow, you can follow Evan Dennison on Twitter. Evan's Twitter name, I can't find it. Pretty I think easy. it's at Evan Dennison one. Evan Dennison one, yeah. At Evan, because there's only one Evan Dennison and only one media personnel quite like Evan Dennison. But yeah, um, follow him on Twitter at Evan Dennison one. So, um, as far as the two A and the all A, what else kind of went on this week? Uh, I know GRC's back to their winning ways. I see. I think they uh, opened up district district play with a uh, win over Paris. But um, they got a big I, win over Great Crossing too. I was gonna say I streamed that game, and mm-hmm. um, that was another situation to where I'd like to give my thoughts at the end of the game on that. I'll I'll hold back, but um. Sam Parrish made a free throw with little time on the clock as 51-51, and he made the free throw to go 52-51. But um, I'm just telling you, uh, I won't be shocked if Great Crossing ain't playing him rough. I mean, I don't know who their comp- – are they in the 11th? Yeah, it'll probably – right now the top two in that region are them and, and Lex Cash. Oh, man, that's, that's a tough break for him. But um, the, a GRC jumped out on them early, like had a double-digit lead and – you could, I mean, Marino can play, Dawson can play. They got a little point guard, I think, Burrell, that's smooth. I mean, GRC, that's a good win for them. Um, I think yeah. that just kind of proves that they're still in the upper echelon. It almost ruined my prediction that they were going to win out. Oh, I yeah, I remember that. I, I'm going to wait. Well. I don't really see a loss on their schedule the rest of the way, though. I mean. I don't know anything about. Rather light. I mean, they still have five more district contests, which they'll be heavily favored. You know, I don't know anything about Perry County Central, but they beat them this week in the Tim Short Automotive Classic. And I don't know anything about Scott County or Madison Southern, Frederick Douglass. Yeah, I don't I don't really think any of those. I mean, Frederick Douglass is tough. They're probably a top 25-ish team in the state. Uh, Owen County just recently won the eighth region all-A title. Uh, Lord Memorial's got some studs. But... I heard they had a couple D1 guys. Yeah, they got two. They got uh, Jeremiah Israel that's going to NKU, and then EJ Walker, who's a sophomore, who's getting major high interest from like Indiana, UC. Wow. So, you know, there's some challenges on there, but I don't really see a top 10 team in the state that they play the rest of the way. Now, their schedule was rather front loaded with a lot of those teams that they faced early on in the season, but we're towards the back end. I don't know. I think GRC is going to make a nice run here. And, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but I, I do think they went out and. You know, looking at the rest of the region, you know, we already talked about Harrison County in depth. Um, Montgomery County sitting at eleven and five. You know, they're they're I think they're playing pretty well. They they lost one to Madison Central this week, but then rebounded and uh, beat Paintsville uh, over the weekend at the Tim Short Automotive Classic at GRC. Right. And then uh, I guess from there, I mean, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of Campbell County's there at nine and six. Uh, they went they beat Bracken again on. On Tuesday, they actually did the little bit of the 39th district tour because they beat Bracken on Tuesday and then turned around and beat Augusta on Wednesday, which from what I understand, the score was a lot closer than what the final was. I believe it was a tie game there in the fourth and then Campbell ended up pulling away late and and won by 14. Right. And I I tried to watch some of that game, but I missed out on it. But it's like um, I think it was a fairly close game. I think somebody told me like in the third or something, it was fairly close game or, or so many minutes to go in the fourth and just like Campbell just took off. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, Augusta, you know, looks like they shot well that game, had a big night from LJ Connor with 29 points, and um, Connor Snap had 14, Colin 13, Will Kelch 10. That's your uh, that's your nephew, huh? <laughs> yeah, Will, Will scratching the scoring column. Yeah, you gotta love that. And then for uh, Campbell, Aiden Hamilton's really stepped up. He's 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 really starting to come into his own. And I saw I, where he scored twenty plus twenty eight or so against Bracken. Yeah, he's really starting. To, I think make a case for uh, you know first team all region, and I think he's going to be in the mix for that tenth region KBC Player of the Year. Um, where he's really kind of stepped up, and I know we're only halfway through the season, so it's kind of hard to really get in that discussion just yet. Maybe we could save that for a few more weeks, but um, and it's it's a but it's a shame or not a shame, but he definitely should be in that discussion because it has to go to a senior, mm-hmm. but that's going to Jerome Morton. It should. I agree. You know. But I definitely think Aiden Hamilton's played well enough that he's in the conversation. And, you know, if I was on the boys' side and his season continues the way it is, he'd definitely get my vote for a first-team all-region performer. Yeah. Which I want to say, I didn't get anybody message me about, you know, their team if they were a, a fantasy team. I want, I, want, I want that to catch. Yeah. And I've been thinking, doing my research, next week I'll give you my team. Okay. But if those guys are listening – Anybody listening, DM Evan or myself. I'm at Coach Couch 13 on Twitter. Evan's at Evan Dennison one You can also DM the Stay Hot podcast, whatever you want. But give us your eight guys that you would select. If, if we were running a high school fantasy basketball league, which we're not because that would probably be illegal. Well, I guess there's no money involved. I guess we probably could, but we're not going to. But just for fun's sake, let's have that discussion. Send us who you would choose as your – Top eight players to have if you were starting in 10th region fantasy basketball team. All right. With that being said, um, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like uh, from talking to uh, Coach Brooks, I feel like Scott's starting to play a little bit better. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about Scott, you know, I think we mentioned last week, I think they were like three and 10 last week. You know, now they're four and 11. They got a big win over Pendleton County. Um, on Friday night, but um, I think that's a team that, you know, we pretty well know, or I think is probably going to be locked into that two or three C with Prosser, and I think that's going to give a very good and fun district tournament matchup if that's the way it shakes out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a win to get them off the schneid a little bit this week with uh, the, the big win over Big deficit, big margin over um, Pendleton County, and then uh, this week they've got looks like a couple winnable games with Holmes, who I don't think's won a game yet this year, and they'll have a tough matchup with Lloyd Memorial, and then uh, Dayton, and then January twentieth is is the game with Brossard. So, and that's at Brossard, so that'll be a, you know, it might be one I go to if we're not playing. If I think it's a Friday, and I think if so, I think we're playing. I think we're off the twenty first actually. Yeah. So that'll be be interesting. No, actually, we play the twenty first. Sorry, I won't be able to make that game now. Mm. And then um, also shout out Bourbon County. They had a couple big wins this week. They beat uh, Scott County and Mercer County. So I was gonna say I was that was my next thing. I was gonna say Bourbon County, and um, they beat um, Mercer County in that two A. Yeah. And I watched Mercer County at the, um, I think they were at the Murph Classic at Mason County. Mm-hmm. And I thought they looked to be like a pretty decent team because I watched them play Pendleton County, and I thought they had some nice players and nice pieces. That's a good win for Coach Robinson in Bourbon County. But, you know, I think everybody kind of knew 
that when Coach Robinson took over, you know, he's played basketball at the highest level. He's succeeded at the highest level as a player. Um, he's probably learned a lot from some great coaches along the way. Um, I know he had Russ Day at Bourbon County, then at Western Kentucky. And um, I think it's only a matter of time before we knew that Bourbon County was going to start, you know, I'm not going to say be be the d- big dog in the 40th, but a lot more competitive than what they've been in years past. And be honest, I mean, call me crazy, but that district's kind of shaping up to be the toughest in the region maybe. Definitely with Paris and Bourbon County playing as good as they are. Yeah, you know, you I think mean, about and I'm not knocking, but, you know, let's look at the 39th. And I'm not I'm not discrediting St. Pat or Augusta because I know Jason Henson can prepare for one game as a coach as good as anybody, but that's mainly a two-horse race. Right. And Mason. The yeah. 38th is Harrison County. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicholas Pendleton and Robertson's all fighting for that second, that spot, second spot in the region. And then the 37th, I would say it's Campbell County. And then, you know, Brossard and Scott, both I feel like right now are, they're not in that same echelon as that 40th district yet. So I definitely agree with you. And at, at the beginning of the year, I felt like that may be one of the weakest districts. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, to those I thought coaches. going into the season, the 39th was probably the best um, with the 37th and 40th kind of right there. But I, I do feel right now the 40th from top to bottom is is the toughest. I am. I can't say I disagree with that. I mean, I really – man. It's just not an easy out. I mean, you know, Clark's obviously, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else, but – you go two through four there, and I mean, there's just not an easy game. I'm just telling you, that's cool. And do they play each other twice? Yeah, they play each other twice. So. That next Bourbon Paris games will be a dog fight. Yeah, Paris is the one out to a tough start. They're they're zero three in district play, so they're going to need to get a couple wins here this second time they around. They need to beat Montgomery and Bourbon so they can get yeah. in that to get out of that one four game, which no one wants to play in. You know, not with GRC being who they are right now. That's definitely a a spot you want to avoid, but, um, yeah, but, uh, um, let's think, see, was it my turn for top 10 this week? Yep. Okay. And, um, what I do think one note, you know, uh, with the AP poll and that kind of dying out, there's not as many voters. Um, Jason Frakes of the Louisville Courier Journal, um, took it upon himself and he reached out to each member, um, like one media member of each region. So um, starting, I believe that poll will be out on Tuesday. It'll be uh, 16 people voting in it. They're top 10 teams in the state, both boys and girls. Nice. They're also going to list their top five teams um, in each region that they that of the 16 voters for the 16 regions. So I think that's a pretty neat idea. And, and So is the same media person doing boys and girls? Yes, correct. So are you covering the ninth then? I'm doing the 10th, actually. Okay. Uh, James Weber's doing the ninth. He he asked Jason had asked me, and I I said it doesn't matter to me. So either or, and you know, but going into it, um, to kind of uh, look at it, you know, number one is going to be GRC. I think the win over Great Crossing got them back on track after the two weeks that they had over the Christmas tournaments, where I believe they went like two and four or three and four, whatever it was. So I think they're back on track. And then uh, Mason County at holding strong at number two. Cruz kind of somewhat cruised through the uh, two-way sectional deal. And I'll be curious to see, you know, them in Campbell County, who I have number three right now and, and playing pretty well. Um, that's going to be a great game, I think, on Tuesday night. And um, I'm going to definitely try to have 
someone there to maybe staff that if possible, because that's two of your top teams in the region. I got Harrison County at four, holding strong. I, I think I flipped them with with Campbell this week. I just like what the Campbells have been doing lately and, you know, with the breads. I'll be really curious to see, you know, if they get past Boyle, what they can do against Lexington Catholic. I think that game will be on Tuesday night if they win, so that'll be a back-to-back challenge for them. And then I put Bracken County at five, um, you know, dealing with some injuries it looks like and some depth issues. Can they get back on track and, and win two games in the All-A this week? Then at number six, Montgomery County holding strong. I put uh, Bishop Brossard at seven. I got Scott at eight. Put Paris at nine. Give them a jump. And then I have uh, Bourbon County at ten. So, um those are my top 10 there. And I just think um, I'm looking at just the past week and, you know, the full body of work that these teams have, have been doing. Well, we're pretty similar again. Uh, our um, top seven, especially, except I still have Harrison at three, Campbell at four. Okay. Um, everything else is the same. I put um, Paris at eight. Yeah. I uh, put Scott at nine and Augusta at 10. Um I've, I still feel like Scott's about to make that that jump. Um, I think they're playing better, especially, you know, playing Harrison down to the wire, getting the big win against Pendleton. Um, and I think um, I think it was you that said maybe a couple weeks ago that I think Hunter should be coming back soon. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, I think they're, they they said they were shooting for the Brossard game, so that would okay. be – So the 20th sometime. of January. So um, – and when they get him back, that just makes him that much better. So um, – mm-hmm. I, you know, I dropped Augusta the 10th. I thought that loss of Paris, um, and, you know, I thought they played Campbell well. Um, I don't know how much that game against Campbell County being as close and physical and tight as it was for four quarters that if that took something out of Augusta as far as legs, you know, against Paris, but I felt like Paris was playing really well that they deserved that jump. And, um, so that's why I went with them over Augusta and Augusta 10th. And I'll be honest with you. I got Nicholas and Bourbon both kind of knocking on that door. I'm telling you, I was really impressed with Nicholas County against Bishop Rosser. And I'd love to have seen a healthy Preston Blake and a uh, Wyatt Clark play in that game for four quarters to kind of see what the outcome could have been. But Coach Wrights definitely has his guys playing. And I saw a few tweets from their players this week talking about, you know, we're a different Nicholas County team. You know, they're hungry, they're young, they're wanting respect. And I think their play on the floor is going to start getting them respect. Yeah, I mean, they're right there. You know, I think they, uh, they're they they're knocking on the door, and uh, this could be the year they, they break the region tournament drought. So Well, and I just hope – I hope next year for Coach Wright's sake and sanity that they stay away from Brossard in the first round of the All-A because that <laughs> seems to be a common trend when the draw happens. So Yeah, it's been, I think, you know, three of the last four years or something like that. I know it's been consecutive years now, and then I think they had another matchup um, with each other soon too. And I ain't gonna lie. I mean, without an excellent shot from Mason C. Pate, and yep. you know as well as I do that a Brossard shot at the buzzer to send into overtime. I know that shot all too well, and it's not a it's not a memory that I want to relive. So, uh, but hats <laughs> off to Mason C. Pate for making that shot, and hats off to Ben Franzen for his team advancing. But, um, yep. and I can't think of any milestones that we've not. I know you talked about Coach Russell and. Um, being the all-time winningest coach, you know, with his next victory. And I'm not for sure I saw any player. I don't follow all the players and coaches in the 10th. Maybe that's something I need to do. But um, I can't think if there's any more milestones that 
happen this week. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I usually only see those if they're retweeted or yeah. Sam, but, you know, if yeah. you accomplished a personal or a team or an individual milestone this year or this week, congratulations from the Stay Hot podcast. Sorry, yeah. we don't have any uh, any names on that, but hey, we're human. Feel free to let us know. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to give turn. them the tweet. Hey, I'm going to give them the tweet like the 10thregion.com. <laughs> if you want us to know more about you, send us the information. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've got a couple questions for you. Also, if anybody would like to sponsor the section of the Coach's Corner, reach out to the Stay Hot Podcast. We're always looking for sponsors. Me and Evan deserve to be paid for this good work and content that we bring you weekly. Yeah, give us some money. Yeah. Some loot. <laughs> loot, bread, cheddar. All right, so here's what I got for you. Um, the recruitment process, um, you know, I, I see it a little bit more often, you know, now covering the ninth region. There's some some really, really good players. Not not saying that we aren't, aren't the tenth, but um, how much – how much of the process does maybe the high school coach have um, on this particular topic, whether it be the division three all the way to the division one level? Um, how much maybe input or how much, how much are they involved in, in that recruitment process? And does that vary maybe per coach? Well, I think honestly that if you ask a hundred different coaches, you're probably going to get a hundred different answers. Um I can tell you I feel like it's part of my job to get my kids' names out there. Um, I do think a lot of these kids that play high major AAU basketball are getting are probably getting uh, their exposure and they're, you know, kind of putting people on notice during that summer in that AAU um, session. But I can tell you right now I've had 12 or 13 colleges reach out to me within the last couple of weeks about some of my players. Um, I had a coach reach out to me about coming to practice this week and they're going to come to the game on Friday. Um, so I feel like, you know, my job as a coach is to reach out to these coaches at the next level, send them, you know, the information they need, give them access to highlights or film if they're looking. Um, and most of them will keep me in the loop or communicate with me. And um, I think um, at, at my level in girls basketball, they're going to deal with me more so than they would an AAU coach. But I think if you're playing in the EYBL or if you're playing, you know, high major AAU basketball, they may deal more so with the AAU coach. But I think all high school coaches are probably in the loop somehow, some more than others. So higher level, probably not as much involvement, but maybe you're third or fourth guy or, you know, a guy really wanting to go play at the next level. What, what exactly – does a high school coach need to do to help promote him? I mean, are you talking about sending film to these coaches? Well, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, every year I, at the beginning of the year, I make a list of coaches and their emails at the collegiate level. Um, one thing I've learned um, from when we had COVID and we used to do those coaches Zooms, the one, you know, early on I'd get frustrated. I'd send email after email after email, and I'd very rarely ever hear anything back. And I'm talking about – when I coach Bailey Cummins, when I coach Justin Becker, when I coach people that I knew could play at the next level, I'm like, you know, so then I'm thinking, is it because I coach at an all-A school? Is it, you know, but these kids, I think, were legit good enough to play college basketball. So Coach Wells, the one thing he said was, head coaches don't have time to check email, email the assistant coaches. 
And I wasn't aware of that, and that was a good tip. So at the beginning of this year at Pendleton County, I made a list of every assistant coach. Um, of course, I don't know all the colleges and other states or whatever, but I made a list of all the coaches in the state of Kentucky, and um, I send them emails with kids' names. I send them their videos. I send them, you know, stats or whatever. And Mike Murray does an excellent job on the 10th region coaches, girls. He sends out those stats not only to media, but he also sends it out to over 400 college coaches. And, you know, just alone this week, like I said, I had 13 colleges reach out to me about a player or players. And then I had another one reach out to me about coming to practice and attending a game. So I think because I reach out to them and I share this stuff with them on what's going on, um, I think they replied to me, but I think it's my job as a high school coach to try to get their name out. And you know me, you follow me. I think I do a decent job trying to get these names out on social media, always trying to post, you know, not necessarily stats, but, you know, who had a good game and not just points, but rebounds, steals, assists, whatever. And I think that's our job as a college coach. And I think if you get involved with your player and you promote them, whether through email or social media, I think you're going to be more involved and the coaches will reach out to you more. No doubt. And I just think as a coach, that's got to be so rewarding, you know, if your kid does go on to go, to go play at the next level and, you know, you get to see them on, on that college floor, whatever level it is, you know, whether it be from D1 to D3. And, and I think the biggest – well, and I think the biggest misconception from people is, you know, they want to think, oh, it's D1 or bust. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. There's some really, really, really talented basketball players at the D3 level, JUCO, D2, NAIA. I mean, trust me, I, I, I cover Thomas Moore. I, I, those those teams could beat some Division One basketball teams. I guarantee I, you that. That's what I'm saying. And I, but I think uh, you know, and I don't know. I just feel like there's some kids out there, and I follow some on Twitter or whatever. They just you know seem offended that one they don't have any offers, or two they're offended when it's not a D1 school offering you and I just I think that's a narrative we need to change, or I don't know how to change that, but I'm not gonna lie. I try to be pretty honest with myself and my players about what level they can play at. You know, it would be a waste of my time if I was only sending Don Staley and Gino Oriema emails about my players. I mean, so, but I think the more the high school coach gets involved, the more they'll keep you in that process. And I've had some high school coaches tell me that, you know, they don't feel like it's their job. I disagree. I feel like that's my job to promote my players and try to give them, get them in front of as many college coaches as possible. No doubt. And one more, because I know we're running probably tight on time here. Um, well, I said it for three hours because I get nervous. So we don't have to go three hours. I mean, I could. I ain't got nothing to do. But I thought I thought it was always an hour and a half. I wasn't sure. So um, well, I, no, I changed it because I, I knew we we talk a lot before and we go on the air and then we. You know, if we have a coach on, we don't want to kind of sell them short. We want them to be able to promote their team and players. But All right, so this one will – I don't know. It's not really going to put you on spot, but it's going to be one that might take a little bit of thought. You, I think you've played in, or coached in every gym in, in the 10th region. That is okay. correct. Okay. Yeah. Top yeah. five. Top five gyms in the 10th. Top five gyms in the 10th. That's tough. Um, I'm going Fieldhouse 1. I'm going GRC 2. Hmm. This is tough because I feel like those two were easy. 
I'm shocked you haven't said this one. Augustus three. Okay. I was about to say. Um, I, and the only reason, I mean, as far as you talking about, I thought you were talking about for facilities or my favorite to coach in. No, and it's not even just just co- like just what your favorite gym is. Like, oh, it, okay, it's all factors, atmosphere. Okay, uh, well, if it's just my okay, if it's, that, if it's that Augusta would be one. Okay, uh, just you know, being an alma mater there, and you know, I got to coach against my brother there, and that was always tough, and you know, just coaching against so many people that you know growing up or interact with it's it's a fun environment it's definitely a tough place to win I've lost several games down there and believe me they let me know it when they see me and um Mason would be two um GRC would be three I really had a great experience when we played in the region over there other than the fact that we lost in overtime to Bishop Brosser but the hospitality was great the facilities are remarkable the locker rooms were second to none and you know they treated us well um Four, um, I'm going to say Scott, and a lot of people um, probably are confused with that, but the reason why, and sorry, Coach Fro, but the only time I coached in that gym, we 40-pieced them. Uh, Sebastian Dixon hit eight threes and was shooting them from Erlanger and Covington and everywhere else, and just the experience we had that night because we went down there not knowing we'd even have a chance to be in the game, then we just hit every shot we threw up. Um and then my fifth one would probably be Bracken County. Um, I just um, – I feel like my teams have always played well there, even on the opposing uh, side going in. But it's also nice to walk into a gym and see your picture on the wall multiple times with girls that have sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears to, to win all eight tournaments and you just having a small part of it. And it's just – so that would probably be in the top five as well. I'd have three of your five, Mason, GRC, and Augusta. I, I brought this up because Paris, I, for some reason, I love that gym. I don't know why, but I think it's just the way the rails go all the way around on that second level. Where a lot of people can, like, stand and watch if they want to. So, I don't know. And, and I see that, but, you know, just – I don't know. It just – I don't know. I think part of it, too, is the drive. You know, I know, I know GRC is far away, too, but it's almost – I don't know, just – I try – if you notice, Mason, Augusta, Bracken are all pretty local. Yeah. Um, and then my know, fifth would be Montgomery – or in no particular order, Montgomery County is going to be in there too. The arena is really nice. I, You know, I forgot about them, honestly. I have coached there, and I played in their Gateway Classic, which is super nice. They would probably honestly knock out Scott now that you said that. Yeah. I'd probably go uh, Augusta, Bracken, Mason, GRC, and Montgomery because that arena, that's super nice as well. The 40th district has some nice gems, that's for sure. Yeah, especially with, you know, Bourbon redoing theirs. Because when, when I first went there, it was like on the, one of those, like – Rubber floors, is like a mat. <laughs> but I tell you Dr. what, you, you fell Sports. on that thing. Yeah, it it's hurt. like concrete. Yeah, Dr. Sports, he had a joke for me. He's like, I loved it because it was like rubber. I could just jump off the – I can jump out of the gym and dunk. And then I think <laughs> Ivan Raw was like – Ivan, you weren't dunking. It was funny the other day at the uh, tournament. He always, you know, when he announces, he always does who's on clock and who's on. And he also said, you know, and your announcer, L1C4. Hey, you got to give him props for that loyalty because there's no way I'd claim Louisville right now. Well, I'm sitting there thinking that's why I didn't say nothing to him about Kentucky because after that game Saturday, I didn't want anybody to know I was a Kentucky fan. That That was brutal as well. but. Um, 
Well, man, uh, anything going on this week? I know we got the All-A finishing up. We'll be able to talk about that next week. And I know you said you were covering some possibly Campbell-Mason games. So, Yeah, some, some big games. You know, you got that. Uh, Harrison Campbell this week as well, right? Harrison Campbell, I think that is on uh, – yeah, that'll be um, the – wait, hold on. I clicked on the wrong team. Hold on here. Campbell and Harrison is January 13th, which is oh, – Friday. That Friday, yeah. Yeah, and I will say, um, you know, Friday is when our district opens up district play because Robertson comes to Pendleton County for a boy-girl doubleheader. It's also our alumni night, so we'll be able to know more about our district and where we stand. Yeah, we'll get some clarity in the top five this week. I, I like that because, you know, Campbell Mason, Campbell Harrison – you know, that's that's two good ones there. So and then Bracken and the all A may, you know, get back on the winning track and playing Bracken County basketball again. So yeah, we'll be able to well sounds good, man. Yeah. Um I guess that's it for this week. Uh like I said, send us your uh, fantasy 10th region basketball team. I think it'll make for some great discussion and we'll be able to stand by your selections. And if you're lucky enough, we may bring you on the uh, podcast to let you discuss your teams. So um, we always like to have guests. So thanks to everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned and stay hot.